0: Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill Podcast. At Rock Hill, we're all about reaching people with the life-giving and life-changing message of Jesus. Listen in as Pastor Matt Chappell teaches how God's Word applies to our everyday lives. Amen. Go ahead and find a seat tonight, and uh, if you have a Bible, if you want to grab it, uh, we're going to be in... Joshua chapter 4 tonight just for a few minutes. And uh, before we sing one more song tonight, I just wanted to share something that's been on my heart uh, just for a few minutes tonight. We won't be long, but Joshua chapter 4. And it's hard to believe that we're halfway through 2019, and uh, this year has has flown by. And I was looking at some numbers since we started the church, we have seen over 320 people pray to accept Christ, which is, which is pretty awesome. And uh, God's definitely been working. And uh, I want to make sure that as we go through our routine and as we navigate the year and we have all these different events, I want to make sure that we don't lose sight of what's most important and uh, that we always pause to reflect on the goodness of God and always pause to praise God uh, for the things that He's done in our lives and things that He's doing in our church. I never want to grow accustomed to what God is doing, never want to be complacent with where we're at uh, as a church or even individually. And uh, so for a few minutes tonight, uh, I just want to preach a a brief message that I want to call Fighting Forgetfulness, Fighting Forgetfulness, and uh, from Joshua chapter number four. And uh, let's just read a couple of verses together, and uh, then I want to look to this passage tonight and learn how we can fight against forgetfulness. In Joshua chapter 4, verse number 1, it says this, and it came to pass when all the people were clean past over Jordan. Everybody say clean past." God had just done a miracle, and uh, the children of Israel, they were uh, journeying, and uh, God had uh, miraculously parted the Jordan River so that they could cross over on dry ground. And the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. And so God had, was constr- uh, instructing Joshua to get twelve men to grab twelve stones. Verse 4, Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take you up, every man of you, a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign. Everybody say a a sign. This will be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? Like, what are these stones doing here? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan, and the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. That's our word of prayer tonight. And uh, we'll jump into this uh, a brief time in God's Word together. Lord, thank you for this day you've given us. God, thank you again for what you did this morning. And, uh, Lord, thank you for uh, the work that you're doing in our church. God, thank you for the people that were saved. Thank you for the time together tonight, Lord, and just this uh, time of fellowship and, and worship. And, uh, Lord, I pray that we can just leave here encouraged and fired up and ready to uh, tackle this week that it's, that's ahead of us. And, uh, Lord, I just pray for the next few minutes that we'd be able to look to your word and that we'd be able to find some encouragement and uh, that we wouldn't lose sight of... Your greatness. And we wouldn't lose sight of the miraculous work that you're doing, uh, even in our church, even in our midst, Lord. And uh, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you would consider yourself to be a forgetful person? Are you like that? Kind of forgetful? And uh, I remember the very first time that Katie trusted me to watch live all by myself. She was still a baby, and uh, she uh, was going on a uh, ladies' retreat. And Katie said, I want you to watch live for a couple of days. And so I was a little bit nervous about that because at that point, Katie was pretty much doing everything, right? And I was just kind of there for moral support and just kind of uh, uh, helping out where I could. And uh, and uh, Katie left me this really long list of everything that I was supposed to do, kind of like 10-minute in- increments. You know, here's what to feed her, here's what to play, uh, here's what to do, all these things. And I was doing my best to uh, remember everything that was on the list and to keep track of everything that was on that list. And and I was doing pretty good. And honestly, I was pretty proud of myself. I was like, man, I'm just knocking this thing out of the park. Like, there's been no problems. And and uh, this has been great. And uh, the, the, the two days passed and it was time for Liv and I to go and to pick up Katie uh, from this retreat, and uh, so I was getting everything ready to go, and and I locked Liv in her uh, car seat at the time, and and I got the car ready to go, and I got in the car, and I pulled out of the driveway, I shut the garage door, and I started to go down the street a little bit, and I, I was thinking I- I'm forgetting something right now. What am I forgetting? And I looked back, and I realized that. I had forgotten to uh, bring Liv along with me. Her car seat was still inside the house. And I got her all in the car seat, but I forgot to put the car seat in the car. And so I was thinking, um, this isn't good. So I turned around real quick, and Liv was just a baby. And I, I opened the door, and she was just sitting there as, as content as could be. And uh, I was so thankful. Katie does not know that story, by the way. So uh, the next time you see her, maybe uh, don't tell her that. And, uh, and uh, I, I forgot that. And I was trying so hard to remember all the little things that Katie had instructed me to do that I forgot the most important thing. And I think that's indicative sometimes of how our lives and how our schedules go, that we're so caught up in everything that's going on around us and our schedules and our routines and even serving the Lord and all of these things that we have to do that we miss out on the most important thing. We miss out on our relationship with God. And even in the midst of ministry, even in the midst of serving God, we forget to pause and worship and praise and thank God. And forgetfulness can be fatal For a Christian, Uh, I've read that we uh, uh, we forget about ninety-two percent of everything that we take in in life. Ninety-two percent of everything that we take in, we just forget. We are forgetful people, and forgetfulness for a Christian can be fatal when we forget the blessings of God, when we forget how good God has been, when we forget uh, what God sometimes has called us to do when we forget uh, the things that God is doing, the things that God has instructed us, and we forget about these things, and forgetfulness can be fatal. And this is something that the children of Israel, they struggle with often. They would forget God's goodness. They would forget God's faithfulness. And I never want to be at a place in my life or with our church that we are forgetting that we're in the midst of a miracle that people are being saved every single week i never want to get used to that i never want to grow accustomed to that i never want to get used to just seeing someone baptized and thinking oh that's nice no that is a symbolic picture of a changed life and how jesus conquered the grave and i never want to get used to that because forgetfulness can be fatal and the bible tells us this in judges chapter 3 verse number 7 And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they forgot the Lord their God and served Balaam and the groves. And so the children of Israel, even though God had been so good to them and and God had delivered them and God had blessed them time and time again, they forgot the goodness of God. And many times the reason why we have a critical spirit, the reason why we complain, the reason why we get bitter is because we forget about the goodness of God. We forget about the blessings that God has given us. Deuteronomy 4 9 says this, Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou... Forget the things which thine eyes have seen. And, and tonight, this is my simple, passionate plea that we would not forget the things that we have seen. And here we are, we're, we're in the middle of planting a church together, and this is the heart and soul. This is the core, and I never want to grow accustomed to what God is doing. I want to fight against forgetfulness. And in and, and Joshua chapter 4, this is an amazing passage because uh, God was doing some great things for the children of Israel, and uh, he had delivered them time and time again, and they came to the Jordan River. And the Jordan River in Scripture always represents transition. So here they are, again, getting ready for another transition. They have no idea how they're going to cross over the Jordan River. And God, in his miraculous uh, power, uh, he parts the Jordan River so that they can cross uh, over on dry ground. This was an amazing miracle. This was an amazing scene. And right in the midst of the miracle, the miracle hadn't even stopped yet. The water was still parted. Right in the midst of that miracle, God tells Joshua, hey, I want you to set up a memorial. I want you to go and get 12 men from every tribe and get 12 stones. And I want you to go to Gilgal. I want you to set up a memorial so that when your children pass by and when they see those stones and they say, hey, what's that for? You can pause and tell them about God's greatness and you can tell them about how God had delivered you time and time again. And so right in the midst of the miracle, God is instructing Joshua and Joshua is instructing the children of Israel to fight against forgetfulness. And uh, to say, hey, uh, we've got to remember the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And one of the greatest ways that you can defeat anxiety, one of the greatest ways that you can defeat worry, one of the greatest ways that you can defeat depression is to think about the wonderful and the great things that God has done in your life and to fight against uh, forgetfulness. And so I love what uh, Paul said in Philippians chapter three, verse number one, he says this, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Everybody say rejoice. He says, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, it's not grievous, but for you, it is safe. And so Paul says, hey, I'm going to write the same things for you. And and I don't want you to think that's a burden. I don't want you to think I'm being repetitive. He says, for you, it's safe. Uh, There is safety in repetition. There's safety in coming back and reminding ourselves about some things that we already know. If you ever come to a passage of Scripture... Or you ever hear a song come on in church and you say, oh, I already know this one. Oh, this one again. Uh, That is not a right place for your heart to be in because to write the same things Paul said, it's not grievous. It's safe. And and to uh, uh, re-repeat and remind ourselves about uh, the goodness and the greatness of God. And so we come to this passage, Joshua chapter 4. And I want to learn very quickly tonight uh, three ways that we can fight against forgetfulness. Are you ready tonight? Uh, Three ways that we can fight against forgetfulness. Number one, we've got to activate our appreciation. If we're going to fight against forgetfulness, we've got to activate our appreciation. Now, he tells them, hey, I want you to build a memorial. I want you to take 12 stones, and I want you to go to Gilgal. I want you to set these stones up uh, so that there is a uh, memorial, uh, so that people can see and remember what I'm doing. Notice verse number 7. Then you shall answer them uh, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Lord, and the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial. Everybody say, A memorial and to the children of Israel forever. And so he's saying, I want you to set up a memorial and and activate your appreciation. Well, how can we do that? Well, I think, first of all, pause and take inventory. And uh, I remember... uh, I remember uh, for, for when I was in college, I worked for Striving Together Publications uh, for a little bit. Rakia used to work at Striving Together Publications. And one of my job was to uh, check the inventory. And uh, sometimes I would get the assignment, go uh, to the annex building where all the books were kept. And you got to count all the books and figure out which, how many books uh, that we had of certain kinds. And I would have to go and check inventory and count everything that we have. And I think that it's good every once in a while in our lives to pause and to take inventory on all the blessings that God has provided for us. Israel had been blessed time and time again. God had freed them from bondage and slavery in Egypt, and he had uh, guided them by uh, fire and a cloud, and he had provided manna, and he had parted the Red Sea, and he had done so many blessings. And now yet again, he parts the Jordan River, and the children of Israel needed to pause and take inventory on the blessings and the goodness of God. God is so good to us, and he has blessed us in so many ways. And sometimes I think we can get distracted on what uh, is right in front of us, and we lose perspective on how good God has been. And I, I've told this story often. You've, you've probably heard me tell it, but it brings perspective that uh, I was in the Philippines several years ago, and uh, we went into an orphanage where these children had, had no family. They were just kind of taken in, and the pastor that we were with, he says, here's our orphanage here that, w- that we host at the church, and, and uh, people just bring their children by that they don't want them, or we pick them up, and, and uh, uh, just this orphanage that they run. And he, he walked into the room, and he said, uh, how are we today? There was probably 20 kids in the room, and he said, how are we today? And they all said at the same time, all of these children, probably five years old and under, they said, I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed. And here they are, they have nothing, but they said, I am blessed. And I thought about that, and I thought, man, I have so much to be thankful for. I have so many reasons to praise and thank God. And so if we're going to fight against forgetfulness, we need to activate our appreciation, be thankful for the things that God has done. How can we be thankful? Well, we need to pause and take inventory. How good God has been to us. The Bible says in James 1:17 that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. God has blessed us in so many ways. I love that uh, Psalm 68 verse number 19 says this, blessed be the Lord who daily, everybody say daily. daily, he daily loadeth us with benefits. I love that verse. God just daily loads us up with benefits. A lot of times we think, man, I'm loaded down by burdens, but God says, no, you're actually loaded with benefits. You say, oh, it doesn't feel like it. We'll check your perspective because God says, daily, that's what I'm doing. I'm giving you benefits. I'm giving you blessings. And so we've got to pause and take inventory because the reality is, as a follower of Jesus, let me tell you something, you're loaded. You are loaded with benefits. God has been so good to us. And we've got to activate our appreciation and express our gratitude. I wonder when was the last time you verbally and vocally expressed gratitude to your God, where you paused and said, thank you, God, for these blessings in my life. See, an ungrateful heart is a heart that is no longer safe to bless. We need to be willing to say, God, you've been so good to me. You've blessed me in so many ways. I want to activate my appreciations. Uh, 1 Samuel 12, 24 says, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he had done for you consider great things that he has done for you. And so every memory should be a memorial in our lives, thanking and praising God for the good things that he's done. So we've got to pause and take inventory, but then we've got to put forth the effort, okay? If you're going to be uh, grateful, if you're going to express appreciation, activate your appreciation, that's not going to happen by accident. Uh, I love what happens next in the verse number eight. It says, and the children of Israel did so. So what did they do? They obeyed. They said, okay, Joshua, if this is what God wants us to do, uh, we'll go get these stones. And so they did so as Joshua commanded, verse 8, and they took up 12 stones out of the midst of Jordan as the, Lord spake unto the, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. And they carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And so uh, they picked up these stones and they took them to Gilgal. Now, uh, this might seem like an easy assignment, but they were told to put these rocks, these stones over their shoulder. And Gilgal was eight miles away. And so in order for them to construct and erect this memorial, they had to put forth the effort. And see, a lot of times we want God to part the rivers in our lives. We're not not willing to pick up the stones and go eight miles to build a memorial for God. God will bless us. He'll part the rivers. But we don't even pause to say thank you, let alone go out of our way to construct a memorial so we never forget the goodness and faithfulness of God. And so if we're going to activate our appreciation... It's not going to happen by accident. We have to be intentional with that. We have to put forth uh, the effort and be willing to uh, go the extra mile in order to do this. And so, uh, number one, tonight we've got to activate our appreciation. I just want to tell you, um, I just want to encourage you and challenge you. Make sure that your heart and your perspective is always one that's uh, praising and thanking God and, and expressing gratitude for the good things in your life. And then let that flow to others. Make sure that you are thanking those people around you and thanking the people that are serving alongside with you. So, number one, activate your appreciation. Number two, fuel your momentum, uh, fuel your momentum. How many of you have ever been ziplining? Can I see your hands? Ziplining. How many of you have never been ziplining? All right, we need to do a Rock Hill Church activity and go ziplining. Okay. And uh, I've been ziplining a few times, and and uh, and uh, whenever you're ziplining, if you're if you're on a really big one, if you're on a steep uh, a steep uh, decline, what they'll tell you to do is uh, make sure that you don't break too much with your hand, because if you break too much, you're going to lose momentum. And if you lose momentum, you have to stop in the middle, and you have to kind of turn around and pull yourself back to uh, to the landing. And so they're very serious about make sure that you don't lose momentum, because when you have momentum, uh, the last thing that you want to do is disrupt that momentum, right? And uh, you, you see this in sports all the time. One team's getting a little bit, a little. Bit Of momentum, they're doing really well. And what does the other coach do? He calls a timeout because he wants to uh, disrupt that momentum. And here, the children of Israel, they have the momentum. I mean, God was doing miracle after miracle after miracle. In fact, they are right in the middle of a miracle. The waters are still parted at this point in the story, the Jordan is still parted. Millions of Israelites are crossing over, they're building this memorial. And Joshua understands we can't lose this momentum. God's doing something good. And so, he wants to uh, fuel this momentum, he doesn't want to disrupt it. So, how can we do that in our lives when we have a little bit of momentum? By the way, as, as a church, collectively, we have some momentum right now, some God-given uh, momentum, and that's a good thing, and we don't want to disrupt it, and you say, how do we have momentum? Well, uh, as a church plant, we are growing year over year, and God is blessing, and new people are coming in, and people are being saved, and so we have some of this momentum, and we don't want to disrupt it, so uh, how can we do that? Well, first of all, uh, quickly, we have to renew our personal walk with God. Renew your personal walk with God, because look at what it says in verse number nine. If you're still with me, would you say amen? It says this in verse number nine, and Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan. Now, wait a second. That was something different. That, that wasn't what God had instructed him to do. Now, they were obeying God. They were doing what God wanted him to do. But now is going above and beyond, and he's doing something different. He's building his own memorial. This is the second memorial. Are you guys tracking with me so far? So this is the second memorial, verse nine. In the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests, which bear the Ark of the Covenant, stood... And there, and they are there unto this day. And so what's happening here is Joshua's doing something strange. So God says, hey, we don't want to forget this. We don't want to uh, lose sight of God's faithfulness. So let's construct this memorial in Gilgal. So they're taking all the stones. They're going to Gilgal. And while that is happening, Joshua says, I'm going to build a memorial for myself. And what Joshua does is he gets 12 stones of his own. And he goes right in the middle of the Jordan River. And he starts constructing this memorial. Now, that seems strange because when the waters come back, no one's even going to be able to see this memorial. And so what is Joshua doing? Joshua is constructing a private memorial because Joshua understood that if he was going to experience public victory, it had to come from private devotion. And he was saying, yes, we're gonna build this public memorial, but I wanna make sure that privately I'm right with God. And so this is a memorial that no one else is even gonna know about, but me and God are gonna know about this. And I believe today that if we're gonna fuel our momentum, if we're gonna see God do miraculous work in our midst, it's gotta start privately. It's gotta start individually. We've got to renew our personal walk with God and say, yes, I want to come and publicly worship the Lord. And yes, I want to uh, publicly declare my position, but also privately, I want to make sure that I'm right with the Lord. I want to privately spend some time with God and privately pray and privately read the word of God and privately have this time with just me and God. Because if you want to experience public victory, you have to have private discipline. And so here is Joshua and he's doing this strange thing. And imagine uh, the people watching Joshua, he's picking up stones, he's going into the middle of the river and they're like, what is he doing? But Joshua knew. He was building a private memorial. He was constructing this private memorial for uh, him and God. And I want to encourage you to spend private time with God. It's so good for you to get alone, get away from everything, put your phone away, and spend time in prayer. Uh, This past week, uh, there was a lot of things on my mind, a lot of things on my plate. And so I drove, uh, I I put everything away, I put my phone away, and I drove to the highest point in Rancho Cucamonga that I could. And I looked over the city, and I just spent some time praying for our church, praying for our city, praying for you, praying for our family. And I I wanted God, uh, I wanted uh, to have some private time with God and to connect with God and just to get away from it all. And I want to encourage you to, to, to uh, spend some private time with God. And so here, uh, Joshua is renewing his personal walk with God. And uh, he's doing this uh, 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 for, for his own personal walk. But then what they do is they not only renew their personal walk with God, but then they prepare for the next battle. Notice what it says in verse number 12. So Joshua, he builds this a memorial in the midst of Jordan. But then it says this in verse 12. And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and half the tribe of Manasseh passed over armed. Everybody say armed. So now you have these, uh, these people that are passing over Jordan, but they're doing so armed. That means they're getting ready for battle. And they weren't even in a battle. They were in a miracle right now, but they were preparing for the next battle. And so tonight, you know, we sing this song, Battle Cry, and we're talking about, uh, I know this enemy will fall, and maybe there's not a battle right in front of you, but just know there is a battle coming. And here are the children of Israel, and they're passing over, but they're passing over armed because they're preparing for the next battle that is to come. Before they spake, uh, before the children of Israel, and Moses spake unto them, and about 40,000 prepared for war. They passed over before the Lord unto battle. Now you're going to see why in a second they're preparing for war. Notice what it says, in verse 14 to the plains of Jericho. And you know what happens at Jericho? There's a battle coming, right? And uh, there's a big enemy that's awaiting them. And so here's what's happening here is they're crossing over Jordan. God does this miraculous work, but they're preparing for war because they were coming over right smack dab in front of Jericho. Remember the walls of Jericho? I mean, this was not an easy uh, assignment. This was a, a scary situation to be in, to step out by faith and to cross over and be in this vulnerable position of transition. And here they're smack dab right in front of Jericho. And so what they do is they prepare for the next battle. As they cross over, they're preparing And I just want to say, yes, we want to fuel our momentum. We want to uh, have private time and private devotion for God. But as a church, we've got to prepare for the next battle because the devil hates what we're doing. And so don't be surprised when the devil throws trials and tribulations our way because he hates what we're doing tonight at the Steelworkers Auditorium in Fontana, California. And so he's going to send some disruptions. He's going to send some battles. He's going to send some struggles. And we've got to anticipate the attack and prepare for war. And say, I'm not going to be distracted by this. The enemy is going to shoot at me. The enemy is going to try to get me down. But I know that the battle is coming. And so I'm going to prepare right now for what is to come. I love what John Wooden said, um, legendary basketball coach. He said, when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. When opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. And so as a church, we've got to prepare. We've got to get ready and encourage one another for the battle uh, that is to come. And so we've got to fuel our momentum. And here's a third thought quickly, and we'll be done tonight. Number three, we've got to look beyond the now. How can we fight against forgetfulness? We've got to activate our appreciation. We've got to pause and thank God for the blessings in our lives. We're loaded. We're loaded with benefits. Uh, But then we've got to fuel our momentum. We've got to spend private time with God, personal time with God, and prepare for the next battle. But then we've got to look beyond the now. And uh, I'll ask the worship team to come up, and and, uh, we'll close out uh, tonight. I'm just going to read a couple of verses uh, as we close. Verse number 19 says this. And the people came up out of Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal uh, in the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. And so what they're doing is Joshua is going before the people and saying, Hey, we, we can't forget the goodness of God. We can't forget this. We've got to look beyond the now and know that there is a generation that is coming up behind us and we want to remind them about the work that God did for us and the miracles that God did for us. And I just want to encourage you that there is a generation coming up behind us and we are starting to leave leave a legacy right now. We've got to look beyond the now, uh, focus on the future uh, to what God uh, would have for us. And so Joshua's saying, hey, there's a generation coming up. We, We don't want them to overlook and to miss out on what God did. And then verse number 24, I love how this chapter ends. This chapter is all about this, these two memorials, fighting against forgetfulness. Verse 24, that all the people of the earth might know, that everybody would know, that no one would be mistaken, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. He says, I want everybody to know about how powerful our God is, I want everyone to know just how great, just how mighty, just how wonderful our God is. Hey, we can't afford to forget it. We've got to build and construct a memorial so everyone would know. And it's my prayer that we would do such a great work for the Lord here in Fontana that everyone would know, man, God was in the midst of that. I remember growing up, uh, I remember growing up, there was uh, pianos like this. And I'm sure some of these pianos can even do it. Um, uh, You know how pianos can kind of play a song by themselves sometimes. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like you can just, you can just play it. Can Can you do it for me? It doesn't do it. It doesn't do it. Way to ruin everything, Mike. No, but, but you guys know, how many you guys know what I'm talking about? Like you can press the button, it'll play a song. I remember I used to love going to those panels whenever I seen them, especially when they were in public places and I would just go and act real serious, you know, and it was playing. And, and the reality is anytime someone came by, I wasn't fooling anybody, right? They knew, they looked at me and said, Matt can't do that. There's, there's no way uh, that he can play with that. You know, what is he doing over there? Now, I wasn't fooling anybody, but the truth is tonight, I want people to be able to look at Rock Hill Church and say, man, that's not of them. There's no way that they could do that. Someone else has to be doing that. It's the power of God. And Joshua said, I want everyone to know that it's not us. Someone else is accomplishing this. Someone else is bringing this about. It's the power of God. It's the might of God. And we've got to understand that we are leaving a legacy right now for generations that are coming up behind us. And so we can't afford to be forgetful. forgetfulness starts to creep in and we start to feel distant and we start to drift a little bit and our our passion isn't as hot as it once was and and, uh, we're kind of starting to drift a little bit. We've got to fight against that forgetfulness, activate our appreciation, fuel that momentum back, renew our personal walk with God and go forward and focus on the future that God has for us, looking beyond the now. There was a time in in Jonah's life, and I'll, I'll close with this verse, there was a time in Jonah's life where... He forgot the goodness of God. He ran away from God, and uh, he uh, wound up in the belly of a fish. And while there, Jonah said this, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my, my prayer came in unto me, into thine holy temple. And Jonah came to a place in his life where he said, you know what, it's time I start fighting against forgetfulness. And I'm going to remember the name of the Lord. I'm going to fuel momentum and get back on track for the glory of God. And so I just want to encourage us tonight uh, I know that this is the heart and soul of our church and, and uh, this is the core. But let's make sure that we're setting the right example and we're fighting against forgetfulness and we don't, we don't just grow accustomed to what God is doing. Hey, just like as, as the children of Israel, just as they are crossing over Jordan, they're in the midst of a miracle. I just wanna remind you, we're in the midst of a miracle doesn't always look like it. Maybe it doesn't always seem like it, but God is doing a wonderful work. And let's make sure that we're uh, we're fighting against forgetfulness and focusing on the future that God has for us individually and corporately as a church family together. Let's have a word of prayer tonight. Father, thank you so much for this day that you've given us. And God, thank you for this opportunity to uh, come together and to worship you tonight. Lord, I pray that we would be a people that... Fight against forgetfulness. God, I pray that we would never lose sight of your wonder, that we would never lose sight of the work that you're doing. And God, when we start to drift, when we start to lose sight of your goodness, God, I pray that we would activate our appreciation. We would renew our personal walk with you and feel that momentum that only you can give. God, I pray that we would have the right perspective, that we are loaded with benefits and God even when it seems like we're loaded down with burdens I pray that we would claim that verse tonight that you've been so good to us and so faithful God we know that battles are coming we know that there's a Jericho that lies ahead but God you are greater you are stronger you are all powerful and God we want to trust in your name a name that brings victory and God in the midst of the battle I pray that we would remember that this enemy will fall because you defeated the grave and you can give us the victory today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together tonight. Thanks again for listening today. If this message was an encouragement to you, let us know. You can email us at hello at rockhill.church. And keep up with all the latest news at rockhill.church or on Instagram at Rockhill Church.